0: Game over yet? At <laughs> least they lost. All right. no, I'll watch the tape later. I couldn't. Watch no, I heard all about it. I know all about it. Yeah. Hey, sports fans. Good morning. Welcome to Hebzy on Sports, episode 331. From the Markham Studio, Gateway to Stouffville, and on to Uxbridge and other exotic locales. I'm your host, Mark Heptscher, from the north east corner of the city of the GTA. Joined as always by Toronto Mike, who is suffering like many other Toronto Maple Leaf fans today suffering would suffering be the right word 10 straight elimination games without a win for this team if they had their chance last night it may have been their best chance to win the series we'll get into that later now they've got to go back to Tampa and the lightning have momentum and we got to, our saturday nights going to be ruined again ah! i think they can take it in tampa we'll talk about that a little later on as well. well look at the rest of the stanley cup playoffs the surging toronto blue jays the nba playoffs pretty interesting an espn reporter who used the C word. Ooh. That's the four-letter C word directed towards a female of, uh, never mind. Anyway, she got herself fired because, I, you know, a television reporter not understanding that other people could be recording what she's saying in public. Get into that story. Golf, tennis. What exactly is a quality start? When someone says to you, "So and so had a quality start in baseball, what is that? Where the fuck did that come from? And who made up such a dumb stat? How do you go? How do you pitch five and two thirds innings and give up zero runs, and it's not a quality start? Explain that to me, because you could, if you pitch five innings and you've got the lead, you, you get the win. All you got to do is pitch five innings to get credit for the win. So I, I just feel bad for Yusei Kikuchi. I'm that kind of a guy. Uh, let's say hi to Toronto Mike at the Mothership in New Toronto. Are you okay today, Mike?
1: Oh my God! I've been uh, I've seen this movie ten times in a row. Like I, I'm very okay. Are you kidding me?
0: I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Like you know, it's like we should be angry. Like you know, if if the release really should have won that game and they were destined to win that game and they were the better team, we should be angry today. We should be angry that they didn't they didn't do it. We should be mad pissed. Okay. They just won two games in Tampa. They're coming home. It's laid out for them guys. Here it is. Home ice advantage, baby chance to put away this freaking team. Let's go. <laughs> but no. no, and it's almost like everybody was like, well, we're just waiting for it to happen. So we can say, yeah, we remember this. It's almost like we need to have like, like the people there need to, Not know about the history (laughs) of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's like we we don't know anything about like hypnosis. (laughs) We're just we're Leaf fans. We're going like you need like seven year olds or five year olds who are just I don't care what happened in July in two thousand and sixteen. Let's go Leafs! But no, everybody knows. We all know. We're waiting for that. We we kind of know the ending before it happens. We didn't (laughs) we didn't have that. That was the one chance to have optimism and and (laughs) enthusiasm and will this team to victory, but no, 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 no. They lost. They lost, they lost but... And, we're not, and I'm not mad. I'm not yeah. angry. I'm resigned. We'll try it again Saturday, and if that doesn't work, we'll try it again Monday. And if that doesn't work, well, we'll fall off that bridge when we come to it, but right now, we've got a 3-2 series lead.
1: Undefeated in Tampa, Hebzi. That is a... That's a cold, hard fact.
0: We love it in Tampa. Not so much the baseball team when they go to Tampa. When our hockey team goes to Tampa, we kick ass, right?
1: Well, you know, we won in a couple of interesting ways. Kick ass is uh, a, yes, okay, we win. We won those two games. They were interesting wins, but uh, we are undefeated in Tampa. We're going back to Tampa for game six. Why the hell, why the hell can't we win? Like, you don't believe in jinxes. Like You don't believe in this legacy trauma with regards to win-loss of a hockey team, do you?
0: Uh, let me think about this. Now. I'm curious. Well, I'm 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 beginning to think. I'm beginning to think that they don't believe in themselves. And a game like last night's is a perfect example. You're doubting yourself now. This is the best chance you had. Mm. You had them. You had them in your home, and there are no excuses. And they're hurt, and you're not. We don't have injury issues. And uh, come on, man. Ten times, ten times they've had a chance to eliminate their opponents. Mm-hmm. Ten times to advance to the second round. All these guys: Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Riley, Tavares. Not as many. I think it's a seven for Tavares. Right. But that's I mean, every time you got a chance to eliminate, and over. And then and tomorrow night in Tampa, it could be over eleven. And then it comes out a game seven, and we. Uh, Oh but my last God. night's loss, particularly, okay, 4-2, the final score, was the Leafs' best chance to break that streak. It was their best. They had won two games in a row. They're coming home. Capacity crowd. The city is buzzing with anticipation, like a literally buzzing. Like, what's that sound in the air? It's like the din you used to hear at Chicago Stadium when the Blackhawks played. Before the game even started, there'd be this rumble, right, this low rumble, which you'd never get in, in, in Toronto. You'd never get that at the – you never got it at the Gardens. You don't get it at school. Torontonians aren't like that. We're just not, but it's sort of like everybody in these other places when they get into the building. There's like there's there's a rumble. There's this, ooh. and in Toronto it's sort of like a, a giddy kind of a thing. And then which which immediately as soon as there's problems, everybody stops. That's maybe it's our trade. Maybe it's a Canadian type of trade. But it just seems to me that the home crowd really can motivate a team more in other places than it can in Toronto. Like in Toronto, it's like. Wait for the scoreboard to tell you to make noise. Do you know what I mean, Mike?
1: I do get your point, Hebzy. But we the team. I mean, when we scored that first goal yesterday, that crowd was jacked, and uh, like it, it felt and, like.
0: And what did that do to the Leafs? Twenty six <laughs> seconds later, Tampa ties the game. Twenty six seconds. Right. You didn't even have time to high five everybody in your row, and all. And now it's back to one one, and that is as deflating as as falling behind one 0 that is so deflating because you're gone from just yeah baby we got and now oh fuck they're right back to right back to where we were, now they got the momentum. So uh, you know and and here's the other thing, Mike. I thought the Maple Leafs should have been mm-hmm. desperate last night, not Tampa. The Leafs should have been desperate, right? But the idea that, oh, we're up 3-1, forget that. You should have right. played it like it was game seven. Right. They ha- The Leafs had to be desperate. The Leafs had to be the ones to pull out all the stops. The Leafs had to be the ones to get dirty and gritty and grimy. And, oh, they didn't have Michael Bunting in the lineup. They were worried that he was going to get another penalty. But the Leafs needed the grit. And you know what? They didn't have it. They didn't have it. They should have been playing completely desperate as if their lives were on the line. And they didn't. And it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them. Let's face it, Mike, the Lightning have been the better team all series. They were the better team in game one. They were the better team in game three. They lost it in overtime. They're the better team in game four. They blew a three-goal lead in the third, lost it in overtime. And they were the better team last night. Mm-hmm. They were. That's the, No, say. You know the Leafs are better. They got better personnel. No, they don't. And now the tables are turning. And it's Tampa that smells blood. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that the Maple Leafs smell blood. Don't tell me they smelled it last night because if they did, they didn't go after it you got to smell blood, okay? And you got to attack. And the Leafs should have been smelling blood last night. Oh, we're up 3-1. Oh, you know what happens? 90% of the teams that lead 3-1 win the series. Fuck that! Come on! And it's happened to the same team as last year. It's the same situation as last year. Just win one of the last two. Forget the 3-1 series. Forget all that. It's 3-2. There's two games left. Win one of them. And last night, you know, started off it's a bit scary too. Hey, Tampa comes out of the gate, they nearly score on their first shift. So the crowd is like, oh, Jesus Christ, no. And then when Riley scores, like you said, Mike, it's like, this is what we needed. We need the team, the team that scores first almost always. Well, maybe not almost always, but come on, you want that first goal. And you're giddy now, where it's like, this is great. We're gonna win. We're gonna. When that goal went in, I was thinking, first thing I thought of was like, we're going to win a series. Yeah. We, we now have the advantage at home. We're up three games to one, elimination game. Here we go. It's going to be two nothing. It's going to be three nothing. Fucking let's go 26 seconds later. And it, oh, was it Sheldon Keith because he put the fourth line on? Was he that? No, it wasn't. It was, let's give Tampa some credit. Okay, Anthony Sorelli scored. And, and now the crowd's out of the game, you know, for the most part. And the Leafs couldn't generate any offense. And when they did, this Vasilevsky guy, who has been a sieve for the first four games, now looks like a fucking Vesna trophy winner. This is all we need. This is why we had to put the game away last night. We had to do it last night because now is going to get better and better and more confident. And our guy Samsonov is going to get less less confident. This puck goes through the legs. This puck he couldn't smother. This one he got lucky. This one hit a post. Ugh. Tampa's best scoring chances were when the Leafs were on a power play last night, Mike. I think it was their first or second power play. I think they gave up two shorthanded breakaways and another great scoring chance. And I just remember going, oh, my God, this is this is horrible. Like, if Tampa's playing like this when the Leafs have the power play, maybe the Leafs should just decline the penalty. And I know the Leafs have a wicked power play, but once that's only when they've got the possession of the puck in the opponent's zone. You know, trying to get into the zone was like... Uh, you know like try like like houdini a, well no, no not like houdini sorry that's the wrong way like somebody trying to escape from like you okay. know right. alcatraz or whatever like you can't get in there they're going to take it away from you um and said so, so what happens is so now they score they open up a 3-1 lead in the third and now and then of course we get a nice little break and uh keith decides with about i don't know what's it about 5 minutes to go i guess they're down two goals but it might have even been more than five minutes, and we've discussed this before. When do you pull the goalie when it's a two-goal advantage? But anyway, he pulls him about five minutes to go. The Leafs get <clears throat> one, Austin Matthews scores, So now there's three and a half minutes to go. You're at home. The crowd is going nuts. You're down by a goal. People are remembering that a couple of days ago, you were down by three goals, and you scored three times in six minutes in Tampa against the same team. So the crowd is into it. No, this is great. He's out for an extra attacker. Right? It's 3-2. And then, I don't know, for some strange, odd, ridiculous reason, the Leafs start, like they ice the puck once and they had to put Samson up back in goal. You got some people saying, wait a second, don't pull the goalie with, you know, like leave the goalie in until there's a minute and a half to go. Like, you know, why would you pull him so soon? And then Tampa hits the post and the Leafs still have a chance. And, and then finally an empty netter by Kalorn ices the game for Tampa. But what I noticed more than anything, Mike, was the line of Stamkos, Kucherov, and Point, along with defensemen Sergeyev and Hedman, managed one point in the game, and that was Hedman's assist on the empty net goal by Killorn. So essentially, they had no points. Their top five players, no points. And they won, 4-2. Okay? The Leafs grinders, nothing. They didn't have any because bunting wasn't in the lineup. And at this time of the season, at this time of the playoffs, I'm sorry, but you need grinders. I'm not saying put Wayne Simmons in there, but you know what? Tampa's taking advantage physically of this team. And I'll tell you what, I know Matthews scored last night and Marner got an assist, but I've seen more of Matthews and Marner on those fucking stupid TV commercials than I see them on the score sheet. I mean, that RBC commercial with him wearing that blazer with that other dude, what the fuck is that? I want to see him scoring goals. I don't want to see him pitching a bank. And if I see Marner taping that fucking plastic fork one more time like it's a hockey stick, give me a break. Why do they run these commercials? Well, this fucking Mitch Marner eating a salad from Skip the Dishes, and now here's a shot of Mitch Marner live who hasn't done a fucking thing in the hockey game tonight. It drives me nuts. Don't you hate that, Mike?
1: I want to jump on the uh, the hate sh- train here. Except I actually think Austin's having a pretty good series. M- Marner too. Like I know I they feel like finally. Where were these- they last night?
0: Well, At Austin home.
1: did get a big goal. Like let's not forget. Was the- it a
0: big goal, Mike?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a big goal. Like what you're was down. Uh, was it three one? And then you yeah. get the uh, the three two with uh, three and a half left. That's a huge huge goal that Austin that. scored. No, no.
0: <laughs> it would have been a huge goal had the Leafs scored again and tied it and won it in overtime.
1: Well, yeah, sure. It wasn't. It would be- but it wasn't.
0: <laughs> when you needed him to score was when the Leafs were up 1-0 and he could have made it 2-0 or something like that. So in that case there, it was like, yeah, he had to have it, but okay, about time. Okay, now we're back in the game sort of, but a little late. Where was he for the first two and a half periods? Where was Marner for the first two and a half periods? Where was Bunting? Oh, that's right. They didn't play him. Can I ask you about Bunting? Bunting? Let me ask Well, oh, they you. didn't play Bunting because they were like, what, they're worried that Michael Bunting is going to go wild? No, and, I think it's uh, a
1: I think it was the right move because the Leafs are on a three game winning streak against Tampa. Yeah. Guess right? what?
0: They needed Bunting in there because he's got some fucking grit. They had none of it last night. None.
1: No you, spark. At you all. would and alter a he lineup? If he's not
0: back in the game for game six. I fucking blame Keith for this bullshit. The Leafs need a spark. They need a guy who's willing to go to the car, not a guy that's going to break another guy's jaw or that kind of thing. He obviously feels bad about that. He's going not going to do that again, right? But they need a spark. They need, right? You can't play, you can't, you got to play with some passion. You got to play with some aggression, right? Leafs are kind of a passive aggressive team, aren't they? Like sometimes they can be that way. But I don't know, man. Tampa to me just seems to like, uh, they can draw on this experience and toughness and they're hurt. And it's like next guy up, Dylan Sorelli's playing. Like these guys, half these guys I haven't even heard of for Tampa. They're outplaying our our top six forwards.
1: In Sheldon. What? Sorry, I don't mean to. I have a few. I've been Sorry. taking notes Please. because you're on fire, Hebsey. Fire. Love it. But uh, i got to ask you more about bunting for a moment here. So if you're Sheldon Keefe, despite the fact that without bunting in the lineup, you've now won three games in a row. So you're three for three without bunting in the lineup. You would put him back in. And this is not with the benefit of hindsight because we can all yeah, look back Absolutely. and
0: say. I yeah, I wouldn't put him in. I would put him in for like Croc or for one of those other guys that hardly plays. I would, man. He can score. He's tough, mm-hmm. right? He's got a, you know, he's got an edge to him. Right. You need a guy like that, okay? Now, I, look, I'm not crazy about his antics. I don't like that shit where he take pretends to fall and stuff like that. But you got to admit, the guy's got some skills out there. And to be a healthy scratch because you know uh, you're afraid to break up this winning lineup, well, kind of backfired on you there. You, they could have used him last night, oh. and they can use him in Game Six. They definitely can. Okay, but if you're worried that he's going to get a stupid penalty. Yeah, then don't play.
1: Had Bunting drawn back into the lineup for ge- that game yesterday, game five, and the Leafs lost, you would be spending, I think, 20 minutes of this episode going off on Sheldon Keefe. Why the fuck do you change your lineup when you're on a three-game winning streak?
0: No, I don't think so. You're talking <laughs> something pretty insignificant. The rest of the team was all intact. It was the same goalie, the same defense, the same everything else. You're talking about one player. Right. Right? It's just one player. And but not- again, if that one player can add to your lineup and give you something that you're looking for, what are you looking for in an elimination game? What are you looking for? Of course, you want to score more goals than the other team. But what are you looking for? You're at home. Did you hear the noise every time a Leaf player stepped into a Tampa player and there was a hard check? Mm-hmm. The place went nuts. Okay? Toronto still appreciates a, a hardworking team that likes to lay on the hits. Sure. We do. We love that. It gets the crowd going. If you can't get the crowd going by scoring, get the crowd going by laying some hits in there. Luke Shen, a little shoulder up there. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, Who was it? McCabe. These guys were hitting, but up front, I didn't see anybody plastering guys to the boards. Uh, You know, that's kind of buntings game there, but we'll see what happens in game six. But if we've all, if we all believe that tomorrow night, that there's no chance that they can win, like no chance whatsoever. They're going to win in Tampa. Like, forget about it. Just like, you know, just mail it in and be (laughs) ready for game seven for your next crack at them at home. I least for a better team on the road. You got a better chance of winning tomorrow. Right than they do Game 7 back in Toronto.
1: I feel the same way. i feel I got to ask okay. you uh, more pointed questions here because this is a big deal in this city right now. What kind of but, line of
0: questioning is this? Where did you get
1: these <laughs> questions from? Before? I jotted them down during your uh, <laughs> your rant there. Okay. The second Tampa Bay goal, if you can think back to that second Tampa Bay goal... I thought it was absolute. I mean, I'm not alone in this thinking, but I thought it was an absolutely horrible goal by Samsonov to allow. Like, to me, it's like, what was he doing? Sure was. Yeah. And then he seemed to me to be a little shaken after that, like how he responded to that. But there was a terrible goal to allow. He seemed a little off. Meanwhile, you're right about uh, Vasilevsky. Those first four games, we were kind of exploiting something very rare, which is a weak Vasilevsky in the playoffs. He looked very average. And then suddenly he turned into the Vasilev- Vasilevsky, it's hard to say, of old in this game five. If that vas- It depends which goaltenders show up in game six. It's, it always comes down to goaltending in these playoff games. But if Samsonov can't shake off that bad goal he allowed, and if Vasilevsky plays like the Vasilevsky we're used to in the playoffs, yeah, th- we needed game five, buddy. We needed to dupe what we did in game two.
0: Yes, and remember, without the benefit of Stamkos, points, Kucherov, Sergachev, these these guys scoring at all, okay? Now you're going to go home. You're going to tell me that the Leafs are going to blank these, these guys on the score sheet? They've got the last change? No. I mean, it could get ugly. I, I mean, The Leafs could lose 7-1 in game six. They could, or they could win in overtime and win the series. And don't tell me it's never happened before. Don't tell me, that. oh, and it's never happened before where they go back for game six and they end up. No, that's happened. Happened last night in the NBA. Atlanta had a chance to go back to Boston for a game seven. They had a huge lead. They blew it. Boston ended up winning it. They won on the road in game six. There's a lot of teams winning on the road these days, Mike. Mm. A lot of teams winning on the road. Mm. So, you know, I you know, I wouldn't be, seriously, I would not be surprised if Keith and the Maple Leafs are super focused going into Tampa, feeling the good guys last two times we were here. Did we not go into this dressing room? Were we not winners? I mean, you can take a lot from that. And... You don't have the pressure. There's no there's no pressure on the Leafs to win this game. There's none. No one expects them to win. Nobody. Everyone expects Tampa to win game six. So I'm okay with it. Let's see their best game of the series tomorrow night.
1: I find that a wild comment, though. No pressure on the Leafs to win game six none, because they were up 3-1 none, in the series.
0: None. Because no one expects them to win. Well, they expected them to win last night. And if it goes to a game seven, well, it will. But when it goes to a game seven, they'll hope quote, hope, expect them to win. But no one is expecting them to win all three games in Tampa. Come on, Mike. Doesn't happen. So, no, there are. So, again, there are no expectations for them to win, which means in the dressing room, they can go, you know what, guys? Nobody expects us to win. Let's just fucking go out and kick ass like we did last time, hang in there, hope that that Samsonov has a big game and goal and stops their big shooters and, and get us get us close. Keep us close and maybe we get to overtime and maybe we take this baby. That would be... An unbelievable surprise. Not that I'm predicting that, Mike, but it could happen. Leaves in six. I've been saying it all
1: along, Hebsey. Leaves in six. Write awesome, it down. Man.
0: That would be awesome. Would be awesome. <laughs> wow. Uh, what else? It's almost, you know what? It's almost sort of like, like, you, you can't get super mad, but you kind of go, boy, that would have been like, that, that was the one. Like, you don't want to go to game seven, you, but now you got to, but geez, if we only could have put them away last night, what was wrong? Why couldn't we do it? What was the excuse? What? Where were our scorers? Did we get out coached? We had the last change. How come they had the matchups? What happened with Matthews and Martin? Forget about that power play goal. Or was that a power? Is that a power no, play goal? goal or, was, no, the
1: net was empty. The, the net was empty. The empty
0: net, which is the equivalent of a power play. Yeah, goal, isn't similar. It? Yeah, yeah. So okay, so five on five. Like, what's the problem? Like, why can't we do it? Like, and and now that they've got the last change, it's going to be even tougher. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. You okay, want to make so, a prediction, though? No, God, no, no. <laughs> I don't make predictions. I'm wrong all the time. So is everybody else? Does this remind you like, of the, uh... the last person you knew that say I've made the <laughs> correct prediction ever for the Maple Leafs every? No, right, no, right. Unless you pick the Leafs to lose every fucking series, the last ten series, and I know people that do because they hate the Leafs. Right, <laughs> but as a Leaf fan, come on, out of those ten series, like the Montreal series, we were up three games to one. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about Montreal because Montreal uh, a, a much weaker team than this Tampa Bay Lightning team, and we uh, couldn't close that deal. But this so, remember, there are new parts. Let's just remember, it is a new goalie. There, you know, there's um Riley. There's there's. Oh, O'Reilly, sorry, but there are new people. There's different people on this team. It's not, yeah, the core is intact, but I mean there are where, new.
0: Where were our scores? Where was Nylander? Where was O'Reilly? I know, where, I know, you know I I mean know. Morgan Riley scores your I goal, know. and Matthews on that uh, six on five or whatever. Right. I mean I you got to have more. Come on. I know. You know, like guys, Bunting can score. He can score. He's, you know, everybody's excited. Oh, Matthew! The whole Nyes series is, on the shoulders of Michael Bunting.
1: Okay, uh, game but, I mean, Matthew,
0: six. Not, I'm not saying to replace Nice. I'm saying to replace one of these other dudes. That's uh, the fourth line plot, guys, right. Ashton Reese or Achari, or come on.
1: Can't 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 take um, Kerfoot out though. He's overtime hero from uh <laughs> overtime no, no, hero no, Kerfoot, from game No, bar. no,
0: because Keith loves uh, Kerfoot. Right, he loves Kerfoot. But but uh, you know, yeah. you can take one of your bottom six forwards out there and then put put uh, Bunting in there. Uh it, it can't hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. It would be, I would be, I don't know, Bunting, thirty goals this year. So yeah, he could score. He could play, right? Right. Let's take away that other thing. It's, it's same as Cadre. Like when Cadre came back from suspension, was it? We're not going to play Cadre because we're afraid that he's going to get another suspension. No, it was like,
1: you know, no, well, one, no, no. Got, but
0: one, one, he got suspended for the rest of the playoffs, didn't he? He never came back. Well, let I me mean, remember. It was a thirty goal score. He was a thirty goal score. Sure. sure. We, we were three
1: and zero without Bunting in the lineup. I don't think you changed the lineup. I think Keith did the right thing there, but. You know, we'll see what happens in game six with Bunting in the lineup. We'll see what happens.
0: Again, you know, you know, if you got if, if you need to score goals and you've got a goal scorer that's sitting up in the press box, like Wayne Simmons, different story. Okay. We un- we understand why he's going in the game. But okay. I get it. Last time you were in Tampa, go with the same lineup, hope for the best. Maybe, you know, maybe they, they feel maybe they feel Tampa's like a second home to them. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Elsewhere in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not that I care about any of the other series. Uh, Kind of a little bit, I guess, maybe. The Winnipeg Jets eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights in five games. Winnipeg won the opener, and then Vegas, four in a row. See you later, Winnipeg. Final score, 4-1 in the game. Uh, Final score in the series, four games to one. Vegas dropping the opener at home. And people, hey, the Jets, ooh, Rick Bodas has got his team. No, they had injury situations. They never were right this year. They kind of squeaked in. They didn't really, they weren't impressive-looking uh, near the end there, they they got in as the last uh, wildcard team, and then they got beat by the division winner. Like Vegas won the Pacific Division. Pacific Division might be the best division in all of hockey. You know, Vegas, Edmonton, mm. Los Angeles, Seattle. Yeah. Pretty good. Wow. So, um, so Winnipeg's out. They're done. Um, in the East, you got New Jersey, who dropped the first two games at home against the Rangers. They've won three in a row now including last night's 4 nothing victory behind goalie Akira Schmid. Hmm. Now, it's okay, Mike, if you've never heard of Akira Schmid, but Akira Schmid was the goalie that took over when Jersey was down two games to none, losing the first two games at home. Their goaltender, Vitek Vanacek, he got uh, bombed in those first two games. They pulled him, they put in Akira Schmid, and they've won three in a row. How about that? He kicked out all 23 Rangers shots for his first career playoff shutout. The Devils can eliminate the Rangers, at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night in Game 6. Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. Right, Mike?
1: Yes, guy.
0: Don't say that, please. <laughs> not, not mine. That's not mine. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get sued. You'll get an invoice. That's all. And, yeah. Tonight, the Carolina uh, Hurricanes can eliminate the New York Islanders in Game 6 on Long Island. The Boston Bruins can eliminate the Florida Panthers in Game 6 in South Florida. Panthers putting up a putting up a battle there against Boston, huh? And the Dallas Stars can put away the Minnesota Wild in Game Six in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, at the XL. I think it's still called the XL Center. I you know what? Most of these arenas I call by whatever their basic name was, not the sponsor's name. Like I'm not obligated to call it the sponsor's name. It's not like you know what I mean? It's the building is the building, like it's the skydome. I don't have to call it the name of the guy that runs the telecom company. Fuck that. Yeah, you're independent.
1: So, you can call it whatever you want.
0: Games in Toronto at that dome, <laughs> Sky Dome. Um. Uh. Anyway, the games in it's in Saint Paul. It's whatever the fuck that, it's, <laughs> called that. it's in Saint right. Paul, Minnesota. And the upstart Seattle Kraken can eliminate the defending champion, uh, Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche wow. tonight in Game Six in Seattle. And I'm going to name the arena. It's called the Climate Pledge Arena. It's supposed to be one of the most beautiful arenas, modern, fabulous, and I dig the name. I'm okay with calling it the Climate Pledge Arena. It's gonna be going nuts in Seattle. I love their logo, love their colors. Yeah. And the people of Seattle, if you've ever seen the Seattle when the Seattle Mariners play the Blue Jays in Seattle, mm-hmm. they're playing them this weekend in Toronto. But when the Jays play in Seattle, it's the best. People in Seattle are like, here come the fucking Canadians again. And they're, I mean, they're generally okay with it. I mean, if it was New York, right? you know, they say, get the fuck out of here, you fucking Canadian assholes. But in Seattle, they're more understanding. They're like, yeah, we get yes. it. But imagine how it must feel when the other team comes down to and their fans are making way more noise than your fans.
1: Well, ask so Jets wanna... fans, ask Oilers fans, yep, ask exactly Claims, Canucks. To but there,
0: <laughs> there's something about that, you know, the, that, that pilgrimage of Blue Jay fans. They, yeah. they plan their holidays to go to Seattle and just take over the city. Take over the city. You know what sucks? I hope Seattle eliminates Colorado. Just because I think it would be great for the city.
1: But you know what does suck uh from a leaf's perspective that you know, here we are, I don't know how many years, two thousand and four. What is that, nineteen years ago? So it's been a while since we had a second round game. But we have to watch these new teams like the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken win playoff series. Like they didn't have to suffer at all, these 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 fans. Meanwhile,
0: exactly. they, yeah, they haven't won anything yet. I think Vegas but they, has, they've already done this, right? They've got to the Finals still things. got to win two games in a row against the Colorado Avalanche and Phoenix. Cup so it ain't over yet
1: but no i know but let's face it like
0: don't ever oh they're on their way to because they one more game to eliminate they were saying that about the leafs now there's one more win for just one more win there's one more win and the leafs are you know they're on their way they're they're the the, tampa is on the brink of elimination mike if someone said to you you're on the brink of death you fight pretty hard to stay alive i would think so when people start saying shit like that you read that stuff it's like oh really we're on the brink we're going to be eliminated. It's just a matter of time before we're eliminated. A? No. Wow. The NBA playoffs have been pretty crazy this year, too, even without the Raptors involved. The Miami Heat, if you recall, they got the eighth seed. They lost their first play-in game, Miami. Yep. Like They were the eighth seed. Well, guess what? They're in the second round. They eliminated the top seed in the East Milwaukee the other night. And after the game, a reporter asked Giannis Antetokounmpo, <clears throat> Antetokounmpo, to if he felt that this season was a failure. And Giannis said, hey, man, you asked me the same question last year when we won it all. <laughs> and he he composed himself. I was really impressed with this. He composed himself. He said, look, man, I don't want this. I think the guy's name was Eric, the reporter from The Athletic. He said, look, I, I don't want this to be a personal thing. But a failure, was Michael Jordan a failure in the the years when his team didn't win the NBA title, like he won six of them, but was his, was was he a failure? And then he says to the reporter, did, did you get a promotion this year? And the reporter's like, well, I'm asking you the question. No, no. Did you get a promotion this year? And the reporter said, no. He goes, okay. Does that mean you've failed in your job because you didn't get a promotion? Now I thought this was very thoughtful, very human, uh, Just besides being very articulate, but just very well thought out, it wasn't spur of the moment. Oh, you suck! It wasn't knee jerk. He took his time. He thought about it, and he thought failure. Right now, now that's a legit question. When you're the number one seed, the defending champion, and you're expected to beat the number eight seed, it is it is a failure. Yes, but but that's what I say. It is a failure. It was a good question, Mm -hmm. but the way it was phrased, the timing of it. Anyway, the answer. Any, I've been to enough of these before and it didn't used to be like this. Folks, you used to be able to ask the guy on your own without everyone in the world listening. Right. You could ask a question, but in a scrum situation or in a situation like this where it's a podium and it's a pool feed and a disembodied voice says, oh, how do your team, how does you?" I've been there before, right? You're on deadline, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But what you want more than anything else is you want to elicit an answer that is an interesting answer. That's quotable. That's not a, oh, well, we'll try it again tomorrow. Nothing worse than asking a good question or just asking a question and getting your standard blah, blah, blah line. But I think this reporter was surprised at the length of the answer and just how thoughtful the answer was. That's what I'd like to see more of, right? I want to see more of an athlete. And remember, this is 10, 15 minutes after the game's over and you've just been eliminated, right? Right? I thought his demeanor was very calm. I thought the fact that he said, I don't want to make this personal. But you're talking to me as a human being, asking me, do I think I'm a failure? And it was really an interesting point. And he got roasted for it on social media, right? Like people are like, ah, come on, you're, you're a failure. You guys suck. You should have beaten the number eight seed, blah, blah, blah. You know, shit like that. And he didn't see it as a failure. And because of that, people were like, well, what kind of an athlete are you? You should be pissed. You should be angry. You should be, I can hardly wait to get back at them. We're going to make it happen. No, humans aren't like that. We don't do the things like that. If you're in the midst of a failure, okay, or there was a death or something like that, you don't just say, I'm going to turn it around right now and live. You need time.
1: Okay. Objectively speaking, though, for the number one, Milwaukee Bucks and so my no. buddy Jason Porwando picked them to win the NBA championship. This and he was very confident too. When out, going out in the first round like that, mm-hmm. uh, objectively speaking, uh, absolutely 100% that was a, uh, a failure by the team. Correct. You know, it's not a personal failure, but the team failed. Correct.
0: Okay. I, I don't disagree. All right. I just thought the answer was very cool. Yeah. He said uh, that's thought, a good. I'd like to see more people answer kind of that way. Listen, yeah. it's over with now. Did we suck? Yeah, I guess we did. Was it a failure? Well, if success would be, you know, winning the first round, just the first round. Right. Forget about winning the NBA title. Right. Just the first round. Like, in other words, if they went to the NBA finals and lost, would it also be considered a failure? Sure, by some people it would be because they won it last year. So you make, so those are the expectations. Dumb question. It's either success, it's either success or it's failure. Not a dumb question. <laughs> well, I think it's dumb a dumb question. Not a dumb question. A question that is trying to elicit an answer. And even John, Gian, even Giannis said, he, he never said it was a dumb question. He said that was the wrong question. In other words, maybe the question should have been phrased differently. Well, hey, you know, we can't all phrase a question in front of the world. You know, when we're under the gun, like they point to you and go, okay, go, question. Like, right. nobody's that cool to say, yes, I've got a question here that I've prepared, and here's mm-hmm. the question. It's like, you got to blurt this question out in a few seconds, because there's a bunch of other people waiting to ask their questions. <laughs> and you only get one question. So what is it? Okay. Been there, done that. How do you feel? What's your team feel? What's that like in the locker room there? <laughs> do you think it was a success? Do you right. feel like a failure? Right. All that stuff. Elsewhere last night, the Boston Celtics eliminated the Atlanta Hawks, storming back to win 128-120 and taking the series in six games in Atlanta. Tonight, the Golden State Warriors can eliminate Sacramento. They're up three games to two playing in San Francisco. The Lakers can do the same to the Memphis Grizzlies as game six goes tonight. In L.A., Lakers up three games to two. Clippers have already been eliminated. Oh, Kawhi, my knees. Ah, oh, Paul George. Ah, oh, my God. Never saw two superstars. So injury-prone. So, ugh. Imagine being a Clippers fan. Talk about failure. You know
1: he 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 as a Clipper, Kawhi has I believe won fewer playoff games than he did as a Raptor.
0: Yeah, he's hurt.
1: Yeah, because it tells you how well we treated that with the load management. That was the famous uh, first you, year we. Mike,
0: aren't you glad we didn't reset? <laughs> we didn't sign him. Well, Where we
1: don't gonna, know. That's a
0: space-time it, continuum. He'd reset. only play fifty games a year, maybe. I guarantee you, if he would have re-signed with the Raptors and I would have bought tickets, every Raptor game I had tickets for, he wouldn't be playing.
1: But the playoffs are all that would matter, right?
0: What did he do in the playoffs this year? Well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's look back. Should we have signed Kawhi Leonard? Spent all that money?
1: I would have done it. I would have done it.
0: He'd be on the bench. His nickname is fucking Street Clothes, Kawhi Leonard. Street Clothes. Misses more games than he plays. Has been. Second round begins tomorrow. In the end, here's the other thing about the NBA. Okay, as soon as as soon as you can play a second round game, let's go. We're not going to wait for the first round to end. Right, we go.
1: Yeah, I like this. NHL NHL waits around. Right,
0: let's wait. (laughs) By the way, again, I think Edmonton's got to wait. Edmonton played Tuesday. They won Game Five. They're up three games to two. Mm -hmm. They got to wait till Saturday. Yeah. That's weird. Like, what the fuck is that? Anyway, back to the NBA, the Knicks, my New York Knicks. I don't want to say my New York Knicks, wow. because, but i followed the Knicks for many years. I feel for the Knicks kind of like the way with Blue Jays, or sorry, with the Maple Leafs. You know, uh, it's been a lot of years since the Knicks have won a series or done anything in the playoffs. And you got to go back to 1973. Okay, the Leafs is 67. The Knicks is 1973 since they last won a championship. That's a long time, Mike. So the Knicks, who eliminated Cleveland, host the Miami Heat in, the, <clears throat> in their best of 7 uh, second-round series. i like the Knicks to take that one. Miami was the number eight seed. <clears> the <throat> Knicks were five. They beat the fourth seed, Cleveland. Uh, so that's Sunday. Knicks and Miami game one of the second round. Then on Monday, the Boston Celtics host the Philadelphia 76ers to tip off their second-round series. That'll be fun. The Raptors will take their time in a search to replace head coach Nick Nurse. Among the candidates, and there are many, is Becky Hammond, who was an assistant with the Spurs for eight years and is currently coaching the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA. Becky Hammond is a woman. There has never been a female head coach in the National Basketball Association, nor has there ever been a woman as a head coach in the National Hockey League, nor has there ever been a woman as a head coach in the NBA, the NFL manager in Major League Baseball, Etc. cetera, et cetera. That would be something, wouldn't it? The Raptors say they are making a broad search, which means that just about everybody is a candidate.
1: Oh, I thought they were searching for a broad.
0: That's, Mike, don't say that. I can't, show, you that's can't, a joke. You can't do stuff like that. no, don't cancel me. And by the way, we'll be getting to media saying stupid things, uh, which should end up being a regular segment. Uh, I think we might have to have. like Dumb things said by members of the media. Stupid, dumb things. Two of them today. Minimum. Uh, baseball now. The Blue Jays begin a series at home with the Seattle Mariners tonight. Yes, the same Seattle Mariners who last year came to Toronto and Fuckers beat us. Did we beat ourselves or did they beat us? Whatever the case.
1: Were we up? This, remind me, 8-1? What, we, we were up significantly. In, we were up uh, 8-1. Right, one. We okay.
0: Just wondering. Um, yeah. So anyway, the M's this year have Teoscar Hernandez in their lineup. He, he's he hasn't been playing that great nor has Seattle actually He hasn't helped them at all. They're 11 and 14 so far this year. The Jays are 16 and nine. Alec Manoa, who seems to have found his groove, goes for the Blue Jays tonight against Luis Castillo of the Mariners. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays won again yesterday, beat the Chicago White Sox. Isn't everybody beat the White Sox? (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: The Rays lead the East with a 21 and five record, but have not beaten anybody. They beat nobody. All losing teams. And they're in Chicago for the rest of the weekend. They might sweep the White Sox. Anyway, they're twenty-one and five. The Jays are sixteen and nine. So we're four and a half games back. And it looks like the Jays' starting pitching has come around because earlier this year we wanted to kill both um, Jose Bar- uh, Barrios and uh, uh, Yusei Kikuchi. Just yeah. wanted to murder both of them, send them away. Right. Well, what are we? Wor- what are we wasting our time? Oh, oh, he, oh, he pitched well again. They've blossomed before our very eyes, which just goes to show you in a couple of games, you just don't know. It's early. People get upset. Get rid of this guy, fire that guy, trade that guy. Take it easy. Take it easy. As many, many, many have said before me, it's early. <laughs> Christ's sakes. The other night, by the way, this is what pissed me off. And then I have this on the game. Um, you say Kikuchi's run of, I think it was six straight quality starts. Came to an end. So they go, oh, he broke his streak. And there's Yusei Kikuchi. He goes five and two thirds. He gives up zero runs. But his streak of quality starts has been broken. And I'm like, who the fuck came? I'm fucking tired of this. Quality yeah. starts. Right. So I'm like, you know, I don't remember when I was covering the game ever mentioning quality starts. Like I don't remember ever saying, you know, Dave Steve with a quality start. Right. And so some sports writer back in the eighties decided that for his purposes, he wanted to come up with a stat that where he could make a quick notation and go, oh, that was a quality start. That was a quality start. That was a quality start. So this Yutz, I don't even know who the fuck his name is. He came up with this <laughs> a starter must go at least six innings and give up no fewer than three runs in order for that to be called a quality start. Now, I don't know if Major League Baseball officially said, okay, let's come up with a QS. I don't think they did. I just think somebody in the analytics world says, let's just add, this is a good one, eh? So I'm thinking, okay, six innings, you give up three runs, that's a 450 ERA. That's not a quality start. But how does a guy give up six uh, six innings? How does he give up three runs in six innings? And that's a quality start. But if he goes nine innings, the full nine, and he gives up four runs and he wins 5-4, he doesn't get credit for a quality start because he gave up more than three runs, even though his ERA is four. So right there, it doesn't make sense at all. But here's the worst. Mike, Uh in baseball, if you're the starting pitcher, how many innings do you need to complete in order to qualify for the win? Five. Right. So wouldn't it stand to reason that if you need to pitch five innings to qualify for the win, that a quality start should start at the five-inning mark?
1: That makes sense to you. It makes a uh, sense to me, Hebsey.
0: So if yeah. I said to you, our starter Kikuchi, uh-huh. he's going to go five innings and he's going to give up two runs, two, would you accept that?
1: That is not a as bad a co- start. I, I'd accept as a that. quality
0: start. Would you accept uh, that? Yeah, I think. He gives that's up two. True. Hang on, he gives up two runs in five innings versus three runs in six innings. Yeah, uh, I don't know uh, where the six innings. Mm-hmm. You don't need six innings to qualify for the win. You only need five. Yeah, I'm doing the Let's math in my up, head. How that's how about a he gives quality up start. One run. Yeah, one run. He gives up one run in five innings. How's that? Is that that's a quality? A quality start absolutely,
1: yes, absolutely. He
0: qualifies for the win. He gives up one run. Okay, yeah. but it's not according to this fucking stat. So he goes five and two thirds. He doesn't give up a run. He he's the winning pitcher. <laughs> How does he not get a quality start out of that? When in his previous start, he went six innings, gave up three runs, walked four, gave up a couple of home runs, but that's a quality. Well, start. what's the answer? Because I'm dying to well, know. You must answer is I'm right, and this fucking quality start <laughs> but, stat that people refer to should be blown up and thrown away. Who's referring Carson, to this deck? If my buddy Scott Carson is listening. Yeah. Okay. Please, Scott, be. when you're doing the Jays games, don't put up this quality. I don't know if it's your fault or whatever. Please don't put up the quality start thing. Please do not. But put up, he? Last six starts, quality starts. Don't because if you do, you have to put up five and two thirds, no runs allowed. You have to, that's a quality start. So,
1: what is the reason, though? You must have dug into this. Like, what? he? he... No,
0: digging. No, they came up with it. This yachts came up with it in the 80s, and now people start referring to it because we have to have more and more stats. I know. It's... That make no sense. Because <laughs> I say to you before the game, would you rather the pitcher went six innings and gave up three runs mm-hmm. or full nine innings and gave up four runs? You're going to go, give me the nine innings. Yeah, I'll take the runs.
1: nine four, yes.
0: Sorry, Mike, not a quality start. Well, fuck that stat. <clears throat> Could have struck out 15, given up four earned runs, Gone the whole way, and his team wins eleven to four. He doesn't get a quality start win, but all he had to do was pitch six innings, give up three runs. Okay, his team wins eighteen to three. He's out after six innings. Got an ERA of four fifty, and he only went six. Can I tell you well, a quick aside
1: going? story, really, really quickly here, Hebzy? Uh, doesn't have to be quick. Okay. So when the wins above replacement started showing up many years yeah. ago, and, and you know so. At some point, somebody said, hey, you know, wins above replacement. Uh, Joe Carter wasn't very good. Okay, this was the uh, result of looking at wins above replacement. Correct. So... so I watched, you know, I watched the man's entire Blue Jay career, and I knew him before the Blue Jays, and uh, I love Joe Carter, love what he did for this team. So when I learned that Mister 100 RBIs, 30 home runs was not very good, when you brought in wins above replacement, I basically decided then, like, I don't give a shit about these, like, these, these things that are flying around, wins above replacement and quality starts. You know what I like? I like wins. Period. I like it when the Blue Jays win. I like it when the pitcher pitches the game and we win. You know, all this stuff. Ever since I learned Joe Carter is not a very good uh, outfielder for the Blue Jays, uh, I just said, fuck all this. I don't need it.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: That's my quick story. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
0: But you understand what war means. Yeah, wins above replacement. Of course I understand what it means. So so you understand the fact that just because you're cherry-picking the highlights of Joe's career, which is perfectly fine. Sure. And, you know, doesn't diminish what he did. Right. In the statistical world... To, to replace for Joe Carter to replace an average player he wasn't that much better than no oh, yeah the, and remember average the average player mike average. yeah but all you're doing replace is explaining the, wins replace above replacement
1: guy. yeah you're explaining it mike, i decided Again, so uh, if you
0: looked at his whole career the stats yeah. say that joe carter while he was a great clutch player and did have 30 home run and 100 rbi seasons he wasn't as Great a player, and I don't know what his war was, his career war versus somebody else. Right. Right. But is he in the Hall of Fame?
1: No. No, he's not. Is
0: there a reason he's not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. He was a very good player, but he wasn't a Hall of Famer. Had mm-hmm. it has his war been 20 points higher, he might have been a Hall of Fame. I don't know.
1: Anyways, fuck these stats. Uh let's no, go. But Jays. I get it
0: Mike, because you're a Blue Jays fan <laughs> and you're looking at right. Joe Carter and saying hey, I'm looking to be entertained. I don't, I don't it in just ruins
1: eyes. it for me. I enjoyed watching Joe Carter as a blue jay, and it ruins it. For Me to look at the, these uh, but
0: well, then don't metrics. look at the stats because I got news for yeah, tonight. which is why I don't care about quality stats. When yeah. you watch the games, does anybody bring up war when you're watching? Does it in the stats box? Do no, you go, don't see hey, here's a Boba and he's got a war of 3.1. <laughs> no, they don't, not too often. So don't worry about it.
1: So fuck the don't quality start. All this is to say, I don't care about quality starts. I, I would uh, like, nor uh, do I.
0: And, and if you're going to change it, just make the stat more legit. In right. other words, if you need five innings to be a winning pitcher, then make the stat begin with five innings. In other words, if you go five and you give up two runs or less, that should be a quality start or one run or less. That should be a quality. Start. Eugene
1: Valaitis, uh, a fan of yours from uh, Vancouver, I believe British Columbia, Canada uh, wants you to know that this episode has been a quality episode. So it's a quality episode, according to the new metric. Now what,
0: now, what? So, what's the criteria for a quality episode in a, in the podcast world? Okay, let's get. Let's He'll get, get back to criteria. us with that. Yeah. And you, while you're thinking of that, let me tell you this great story because I love doing <laughs> these stories. Because, look, I was in the media and the mainstream media for many years, and I did you know my share of stupid things, like <laughs> dumb, saying the wrong thing, yeah. ax, asking the wrong question in a press conference, being right. told to fuck off by Mike Milbury because <laughs> I asked a question that he didn't like. You know, I've been through a few things like that. And there have been a few times where, you know, um, I've had, uh, I've been at odds with other members of the media. Ask Joe Tilly. (laughs) Things happen, right? But I can tell you this right now. I never once called a reporter a fucking prick or a fucking C-U-N-T ever. And ESPN has fired baseball reporter Marley Rivera after she called another reporter. A fucking cunt in front of dozens of fans who were trying to get Aaron Judge's autograph at Yankee Stadium, and many other reporters and people that had cell phones where you could record video. Mike, Mike, he's trying to. Get, she had a scheduled interview with Aaron Judge. Another uh, um, reporter by the name of Yvonne Gaeta um, tried, according to Maverick, tried to uh, muscle in on the interview or tried to get an interview with judge and you can see in the exchange, if you want to find it, here's Rivera saying in Spanish, she's talking to this other woman. Oh, you speak English, whatever. And then, you know, the other woman went to, went to go towards uh, uh, Aaron judge and Marty Rivera was like, you know, Hey, he's mine or whatever. And then you hear her plainly say, you know, F and C clear as day. So what happened was the video of this exchange, okay. Kicked off a probe by Major League Baseball's Office of Investigations. And after the league shared its findings with ESPN, the network's Human Resources Department launched its own inquiry, which culminated in Rivera's dismissal. Reporters said that last year Rivera flipped off another reporter and called her a white bitch after the reporter attempted to take a picture of a group of players Rivera was also trying to photograph. In a separate incident, she called another reporter a fake Hispanic. Both incidents were reportedly witnessed by multiple people. For her part, Rivera said she was being singled out due to previous, quote, professional disagreements she has had with multiple people. Mm-hmm. A postscript to the story, Mike, the reporter that she got into it with, and not the first reporter, but this Yvonne Gaeta, happens to be married to Uh, an MLB executive who is uh, uh, a vice president that shouldn't have anything to do with it because other reporters, she, as I said, one, she called a white bitch. The other, she called a fake Hispanic. Uh, Neither one of them had any relationships with major league baseball people. She's had run-ins with MLB before Uh, she's out at ESPN. You
1: know, she just gave, uh, a terrible analogy, but she gave ESPN the uh, the loaded gun, right? Like, I've seen this in media. Sometimes if you want to get rid of somebody without having to pay great severance, uh, it, it, these things come in handy. Mm.
0: Uh, meanwhile, I w- it was brought to my attention by a member of the mainstream media, who shall remain nameless, mm. um, of a tweet by some, And I didn't follow this person, mm-hmm. but it's a TSN personality. Her name is Marissa Roberto. Uh, and in this one tweet, this is from earlier this week. She, Her tweet is, uh, quote, now that I'm unverified, I guess all these verified people, like everybody who had blue check marks, journalists, whatever. Yeah, if right, they
1: didn't pay the uh, they're not.
0: eight bucks. They're the not. Yeah. So anyway, this is her tweet. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, under the head, Marissa Roberto, TSN personality, bar down, you know, her title. Now that I'm unverified, I'd like to remind you to wash your asshole. See you at the video game awards tonight. So TSN personality. So, Mike, if you're TSN management, for number one, how do you not react to this tweet by a TSN personality with 28,000 followers? How do you not know about it? How do you not have it taken down? Just very unprofessional, in my opinion. Can I ask a question? I don't know. I don't know this girl. Yeah. But why would you? What's all that about? That's pretty unprofessional.
1: So I'm hearing it now for the first time. But when I when so I braced myself to hear the tweet because I'm pretty good at like picking apart what's wrong with the tweet. Right. So there's no there's no hate. There's no there's no nothing. So what it is is you think it's unprofessional. But it's in the bar down universe. I don't think there's anything offensive about that tweet. Like I'm a okay from. I don't think you want Elliot Friedman sending that tweet. But in this bar, oh, but it's down okay your, if
0: another TSN personality. It depends
1: does. what you do at TSN, right? Like I don't think you no, want Vic Router to okay, talk right, about right, washing right, your
0: that, asshole. That's, look, Mike, it's distasteful. There's no, no did, it for did, did it offend no, you? Did it offend you? Yeah, there's no reason for no reason for a, a, a professional to to be writing that under your thing. You know, I, but but did it, it offend you? I'm curious. So if you were running TSN, you'd be okay with it. Uh, so she tweeted that. I'd like to remind you to watch your asshole. It's uh. So, so it's okay for her, but it's not okay for every other TSN personality that you know. Should we mention the names of other females or males or young people at TSN?
1: To me, TSN the bar down female? universe is kind of that kind of style, right? It's it's meant to be more uh, mm, edgy TSN. and
0: yeah. But she's not on oh, TSN,
1: right? What does she do on TSN, the television? Mike, stage? I don't know, but <laughs>
0: on her Twitter feed it says TSN personality. That would be TSN, the sports network, Bell Media. So if you're okay, but answer this you're, question, Hebsey. I'm very interested. Okay, so you're okay with it. I'm not, I'm okay, okay with it. I think, it. I'm I think okay it's with very it. unprofessional. Well, then unfollow her. Like, I don't know what the barred down universe it is. I just know that it's TSN. And um, but, I don't think Jennifer Hedger or Darren Detitian or, or just about anyone else. I don't think would, I don't think. So don't is
1: think it that. the word you, you've, I'm just curious. What about that tweet upsets you? Like the idea of wash Mike, your asshole. Like
0: if I have to explain it to you, okay. Would you like, is this something you would tweet out? Oh, well, you know, I wouldn't
1: tweet that Would out. You?
0: Would you? No. Would you tweet out? I'd like to remind everyone to wash your ass. We'll <laughs> no, but the video
1: I wouldn't be offended if I saw that tweet from right. somebody. Okay. And if I was so offended, I'd unfollow so the them.
0: That, the, so the fact that you're not offended, right. you don't believe other people should be
1: offended. Well, don't be so like,
0: uh, like, you're not offended, but you can't see the possibility that other people wouldn't quite like that. And that TSN might go, hmm, maybe you should take that down. I don't So if you're okay so yeah. if you're okay with it, Mike, then I must be wrong here that I and I'm I'm barking up the wrong tree and I really should have no business that, commenting that tweet, on a TSN broadcaster and their choice of words in a tweet. Like are
1: you is your goal to get her fired or something? Because to me No,
0: no, my goal is to point out the fact that I think it's unprofessional. And I think if you listed every other TSN personality that's on Twitter, not one of them would, would tweet that. Not one. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know let's if you're list, wrong or let's not. Let's list every TSN personality let's that go. you've seen on television. <laughs> Jay Onright wouldn't tweet that. And let's that's be honest. Sure. Let's, right. let's ask him. Let's, let's, let's ask Jay Onright. It's kind of funny. Let's Jeff O'Neill. Let's ask Al's brother. Let's ask anyone Al's who's brother. been on radio. Let's that's ask right. anyone that's been on TSN. <laughs> Lindsay Hamilton. Carol Wagman. Um, Tessa Bonhomme. Are they going to tweet this out? My answer is no fucking way. It's been up there for a week. Must be Okay. So I'm not trying to get anyone fired. What I am saying is let's be professional out there, okay? Okay,
1: that's but a- that's also boring, right? Like that is an it's interesting un- tweet. Professional, <laughs> okay, Mike. Oh, boy. It's sports, Hebsey. Like
0: it's unprofessional. It's not the war in Ukraine. This is sports. Mike. <laughs> yeah. It's unprofessional. Un- right. So in golf, Taylor Pendrith is the top Canadian at the Mexico Open this week. He's at six under par after the opening round, two back of the leaders. The ladies are playing the L.A. Championship. Brooke Henderson and Maggie Zurich are both at minus one, uh, seven shots off the lead. Maud-Amy Leblanc is one over par. In tennis, both Denny Shapovalov and Felix auger are in the second round of the Madrid Open. Uh, I was going to say in Spain, but duh! Idiot. Uh, Shapovalov, <laughs> <laughs> the 21st seed, gets Zizhang tomorrow morning, uh, and Felix, uh, who's the number seven seed, takes on Dusan Lajovic of Serbia on the distaff side, Leila Annie Fernandez and Rebecca Marino eliminated in the first round at Madrid. Bianca Andrescu, Hey, she's back. Is playing uh, Wang of China later today. And Gini Bouchard also in action. I think, I think she lost to Maria. She lost. Uh, Martina Trevesian of Italy. I think she lost uh six, three, six, two, seven, five, something like that. Anyway, she was lucky. She made the main draw for the first time in a, uh, in, in many years, how old's Jeannie Bouchard now?
1: Thirty. I don't. I don't have an answer. I have to Google it, but I will Google it. It's been a
0: while, eh? Like she has not been part of the. I mean, very rarely have we mentioned her name. Have I mentioned her name in tennis results? And usually, it's the early. When I'm on Friday mornings, it's usually the early rounds. Anyway,
1: twenty nine years old. I aged her up there. She's twenty nine years old.
0: All right. Uh, finally, it, somebody asked earlier this week if an NHL general manager had ever gotten into it with the fans the way Kyle Dubas did in Tampa with some things. Oh, yeah. Now, we saw that video, and um, a lot of people thought that Dubas was going at these Tampa fans, but apparently the story, the way I understand it is, from people who were there, is there were a couple of Leaf fans who had had a few too many wobbly pops and were like, you know, hey, Dubas, if you guys don't win this series, you know, at least you guys are toast, like shit like that. And I don't know if it was all in fun or whatever, but after a while... These guys didn't let up, and Dubas went after these guys. These were not Tampa fans, apparently. He was like, oh, you're a fucking hero. Right. These were like Leaf supporters who were just being jerks. And, you know, a lot of times video without context is, right? You know, figure it out for yourself or, you know, do do your due diligence and find out what this was all about. Right. Um. Anyway, so somebody puts out saying, I've never seen, like, and again, this is another one. <laughs> I've never seen a general manager go at it like that with fans, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, my God, we had video of Ron Caron from back like 30 years ago when he was with St. Louis Blues and he was the GM. He was just going wild in the press box. It was a referee's call at first and then some fans were looking up because he was right there. You could see the whole crowd could see him in the private box, gesticulating and gesturing and untucking his shirt. Sweaty armpits, I think, if I remember correctly. uh, Just wild. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it was. But when, like, I worked, you know, I, when I did Leaf Games and I did radio for a couple of years, and I also did TV. Um, when we did radio, especially um, the the booth that we did radio from was right next door to that booth that Ron Caron was in, and he would be he would pound on the walls. He'd he'd be like pounding on the walls of our studio. And me and Joe Boner are like, "What the?" It's, and he'd come into the press box. What kind of a call was that? Like he'd just go wild. <laughs> so I found the footage. And it was actually me doing a voiceover of Ron Keran doing. Uh, they were eliminated, I think, uh, by Dallas in the playoffs, and he was about to go down. The whole team was about to go down, and um, it's him going wild. Anyway, I post this video basically saying, "Okay, you may you may not be old enough to remember this, but yes, there have been other general managers that have you know gone a little ballistic." And I ran that, and it got like thousands of hits. It was it was it was it was, it was funny, but at the same time, Ron Keran was phenomenal, man. This guy, his nickname was the Professor. He could tell you this guy's stats and he he knew everything. He was an unbelievable scout for many years and people don't know this, but he was the assistant general manager, uh, to Sammy Pollock for like, and, and I think all, uh, yeah, it would have been for Sammy Pollock for uh, many years and he won six Stanley cups. Rod Carrot had six Stanley cup rings as the assistant GM of the Montreal Canadians. Wow. And he eventually became the general manager of the St. Louis Blues. And you though know, he didn't win a Stanley Cup ring with me, he did a pretty good job. They're a very popular team. He was one of a kind, great guy. But, um, oh, he said, Ebzy, he would say to me, Ebzy.
1: Ron Karan. What's going on, Ebzy?
0: I see. Because he would watch from St. Louis on the satellite dish. He'd watch Sportsline every night. And sometimes he'd phone this, you know, Ebzy, it's Ron Karan. <laughs> Uh, you said this about this guy that but I'm just, I'm making fun, not making fun. That's the way he spoke. Wonderful guy. Fabulous guy would yell and scream and come into the booth. And where you guys are getting to grab the referees are killing us. (laughs) Fabulous. A real character. I miss him. And I'm glad, I'm sort of glad that I got a chance to, and that's, this wasn't his greatest moments, (laughs) but I mean, he was a wonderful guy and he was a passionate, passionate guy. And you know, he was, he would get into, he'd get into these run-ins sometimes. And, um, very entertaining. Ron Curon, the professor.
1: Even though that's unprofessional, we liked it because it was interesting.
0: So I'm still, I still can't, uh, I'm still kind of, uh, I'm disappointed in you, Mike, that you uh, you don't think there's anything wrong with well,
1: asshole is not that bad a word, Hebsey, and if you don't like it, you, easy to unfollow somebody on Twitter.
0: Oh, I don't follow this person. It was brought to my attention by someone else in the mainstream media who didn't want to oh. bring it up, because that looks like, you know, sort of sour, not sour grapes, but like... <laughs> I don't know. People in the media criticizing other people in the media? No, it doesn't happen. You can't right. do that. At least pick on boss, somebody
1: who's like being racist, boss, or yeah.
0: What do I say? Your boss at Rogers, right. might not like you saying something about their that person's boss at at Bell or whatever, right? So, but I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I know now that you think it's perfectly fine. I'm so okay. Sure I'm that okay with make it. Make sure that your sons and your daughters see that tweet and let them know that it's okay.
1: To, to, well, to, I want my kids to, 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 to wash their to, yeah. assholes, Hebsey.
0: Exactly. But no, no. You want your kids to tell other kids.
1: <laughs> Don't forget to wash their assholes. Good advice, I think.
0: <laughs> That's it for this episode. Hebsey's speechless. Uh, 331. <laughs> episode 331 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike and listen to his excellent podcast, uh, and uh, as always, thanks for allowing us into your headspace. We're back with another episode of Hepsion Sports next week. Until then, have a great weekend. So long for now.
1: And don't forget to wash your assholes.
0: Stop it.